0: guys listen it truly can be a happy new year if you choose to do what makes it a happy new year all right this has nothing to do with my notes (laughs) but today we're going to rewind for a bit we've you know we, we it's while it's new years and many people are celebrating the end of this year and the coming of a new year for us it's a little bit more than that Because we're about to step into 10 years in ministry. 10 years. And to see what God has done and what God continues to do is amazing. Listen, it has nothing to do with us. It has nothing to do with this facility. It has nothing to do with an individual person. This is a move of God comprised of people of God working in the hands of God to do great things for God. Amen? Amen. And so it's been an honor all these years, but this, th- th- for today's message, I felt led to go back to some important things that we've learned along the years as we've been doing what God has called us to do. And I'm going to tell you why this is important, because memories are impactful. Let me put it to you this way, what you remember is what will live in your life. What you remember is what, you, what will live. And for some of us, what we remember is some bad things. Thus, that's what lives in our lives. That's why we struggle. But for others, we remember the good things. And the the best thing you could remember is the faithfulness of God. I know for a fact that I'm in a room full of people that some of you know what it is to be broken, but but now you're made whole. Some of you know what it is to be hurting, but now you know what it is to be healed. Some of you know what it is to not have direction for your life, but now you're living on purpose, with a purpose given by God. I know that I'm talking to a room of people that you're still standing because God has been the one who has undergirded you every step of the way. Don't tell me that God has not been faithful. Don't tell me that God has not been good. You gotta stir up your faith and you gotta remind yourself that God is for you and so who can be against you? Amen? And so I want to approach today's message kind of like a car ride. Let me tell you what I'm talking about. I want us to look backwards as kind of like we're looking at a rearview mirror. But how many of you know that you don't use the rearview mirror to drive, to move forward? That's That's not the direction you're heading in. The direction you're heading in is in the direction of the windshield. But we look backwards for reference. It tells us what's going on around us. It tells us where we're coming from, but it also gives us reference for where we're going. And so today we're going to take a couple of steps back. We're going to look back over the years, and I'm just going to touch on some things that the Lord has impacted us. I promise you this is not an exhaustive list. There's going to be things that for those of you that have been here for a while, you're going to go, yeah, but what about this and what about that? And I'm telling you, accept my apologies. Everybody say this with me. I love love. Pastor Jose. Thank you. I feel better already because I know I'm going to let some of you down. There's a lot that we've learned over the years, but there's some things that are important. And I want to give you reference before we jump into this from the scriptures on the importance of remembering. While we're going to rewind today, Psalm 77, starting at verse 11, uh, verse 11 tells us, I will remember the works of who? The Lord. Surely I will what? Remember your wonders of old. I will also meditate on all your work. And talk of your deeds. Your way, oh God, is in the sanctuary. Who is so great a God as our God? you got to ask yourself that question. Who is so great as our great God? Who matches up, who measures up to our God? No man and no person, no system, no entity. No, nothing matches uh, to, uh, matches up to our God. And so he goes on to say, you are the God who does wonders. You have declared your strength among the peoples. You have with your arm redeemed your people, the sons of Jacob and Joseph. Here's the most powerful portion of, this, of these passages. Selah. Selah. The word selah, is a musical term. It's a powerful word because what it indicated to the psalmist, what it indicated to singers, what it indicated to musicians was, whoa, hold up, stop, don't go any further. Pause and reflect on what we just heard. And if you look at Psalm 77 in context, the psalmist is in a place of distress. There's trouble brewing. He's overwhelmed. Read it for yourself on your own time. But then he has this Selah moment, this moment where he pauses and he says, but wait, I will remember the goodness of my God. I will remember the power of my God. I will remember that if he did it before, he is more than able to do it again in greater fashion. I will not give up on my God. I will not forget my God because he's faithful even when I've been unfaithful. And so it's important for us to take these Selah moments and look back. The last 10 years, friends, for those of you that have been here for a while, and maybe you haven't, these last 10 years have truly been a wonder. They have been a work of God. We take no credit for this, none whatsoever. We don't sit that high in the spectrum to think that we did this. It has been a work of God. It has been a powerful move of God, and we have much to be thankful for. And friends, based on our beginnings, they indicate a greater path ahead of us. They really do. Come on and give God some praise. And so I want to share some some simple things with you, a couple of things today. But there are things that have the power not just to inform you where you are today. I want to share some things with you that have undergirded the, the move of God in this house And in the lives of many people so that we can not only move forward, but so that we can live forward. We can live forward. The Bible says that we go from faith to faith, that we go from glory to glory. In other words, that this walk with God is supposed to be progressive. It's supposed to be one of continual growth. It's supposed to be one where we walk in the blessing of God and in the goodness of God, and we pursue God in greater measure. And so the first thing that I want to share with you is that God's word is our final authority. God's word is our final authority. It is our only authority. Now, I know that that's not sexy. (laughs) That's not like, ooh, you really severed. No, it's not for that. I'm not here to tickle your emotions, but I want us to consider the magnitude of this statement. I remember years ago, a uh, gentleman who was my pastor at the time, uh, he said this a few times, but I remember the first time I heard him say it, it wasn't even to me. At other times, he said it to me, but uh, my pastor at that time made the statement to the associate pastor, and he said, son, don't lead your ministry by gimmicks. He said, lead it by the word of God. Teach people the word of God. If you will teach people the word of God, the word of God will do the work in people. It will, it will. That stuck with me, and it reminded me then, and it has stayed with me since then. Of what the Apostle Paul says, and I believe Romans 1.16 where he makes this statement, he states that the gospel. He says, "I'm not ashamed of this gospel. I'm not ashamed of it because it, it, it is the power of God unto salvation." In other words, what he was affirming and what he reminds us of is this, that everything that God does is a work of his word. It's a work of a revelation from his word. There are some of you walking in your healing today because you got a revelation of God's word that declares that by his stripes you have been healed. There are some of you that your marriage is now thriving because you got a revelation of the word where it tells you that if you will plant yourself like, like a tree in, that, that is rooted in streams of living waters, that everything in your life will prosper and it will produce and it will be fruitful in due season. You're experiencing great, great things in your marriage, in your home, in your business because you have rooted yourself in the things of God. But that came by revelation. And so the gospel is the power of God that empowers us to stand as righteous before God. It empowers us to be confident in his faithfulness. It empowers us to excel in our marriages, in our homes, and in this world. It empowers us to grow strong in our faith. It empowers us to remain consistent as a ministry and to stand for the next 10 years and beyond. And for that reason, friends, we must approach God's word as our one and only authority. The question is, how do we do that? And it begins with our understanding of what the Word of God actually is. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13 says this. The Apostle Paul says, For this reason we also thank God without ceasing, without ceasing, because when you received the Word of God which you heard from us, listen to this, you welcomed it not as the Word of men. Not as the Word of men. No, in fact but as it is in truth. In other words, in reality, here's what you know you received. The word of God, which is also effectively working in those who believe. See, friends, what we have is not a book. What we have is not a guide and some principles to live a better life, to be a better person. What we have is the word of God. It's God's word to you, to me. See, God's not into secondhand relationships. No, this is a direct communication to your life. It is a direct communication to your circumstances. It is a direct communication to your insecurities. It is a direct communication to to everything that you face in life. It is God speaking to you and I. It is the word of God. It is supernatural in origin. It is eternal in duration. It is inexpressible in valor. It is infinite in scope. It is regenerative in power. It is infallible in authority. It is universal in interest. It is personal in application. And it is inspired in totality by God unto men. If you've been struggling to hear from God, Maybe it's because you walked by this one. Friends, please don't make the mistake of coming here to hear from God. Don't make that mistake. We can hear about God here. I can teach you some things. We can point you back to the word of God. But ultimately, God wants to speak to you directly. Intimately, I had no plans on doing this, but I uh, got a call this morning from a newfound friend. I met him a while back, about a year and a half, two years ago. We were, we were at a church of some friends of ours up in the uh, uh, northern uh, part of the, the state, up past Albany, the Lake George area at Northway. And we were there for a, a night that they called Encounter Night. And it was a night of worship and, you know, just reflection upon the word and and just giving room for God to do what he does and his spirit to just lead and guide. And there was this moment where uh, pa- Pastor Buddy, a good friend of ours, said, said to his congregation, if you need prayer, come on up. There was a family that came on up, a dad that came on up. He came with his beautiful son, his son Caden. And he's holding him and, and he's standing before me. And Pastor Buddy had told us, hey, I just want you to go ahead and pray over people and So we're standing there, and I said, what are we praying about? And he begins to tell me about his son, some challenges that he was having. Beautiful, innocent boy, maybe five, six years old, I don't know, somewhere in that range. And and as as he's mentioning this, I can hear the heart of a father. I can hear the heart of a father. I I can sense the need. And I said to him, you know, the Bible says that God ordains praise through children. In other words, God shows himself strong through the lives of children, through what he does in the lives of children. And so, Ralph called me today and he says, hey, Pastor Josea, uh, we don't have services today at my church and I was talking with my wife, Heather, and I said, I know exactly where we're going. Turns out he just found us online and he says, we're going over there. We're going to go ahead and worship with them. Well, Caden is here today and let me tell you what the issue was with Caden. Back then, so, so let me back up. In the, in the midst of that conversation, I encouraged Ralph with the word of God. This is what the word of God says about your son, and this is what the word of God says about you as parents in training your son and leading him, in exposing him to the things of God. So back then when that happened, Caden could only speak about ten words as I understand it. Well, just this past Christmas, he was up on stage with the whole kids' ministry, singing his heart out, giving praise to God. But let me tell you what undergirded that. Let me tell you what undergirded that. A man like this brother right here, Ralph, who said, That's what God's word says, and that's what I'm gonna do. Ralph, Heather, you thought you came to visit. No, you brought a message. (laughs) Friends, we have to treat the word of God like a compass. Hear what I'm saying here. Get, Get where I'm coming from with this. You know, a compass will point you north. It'll show you true north. But it doesn't give you all the details along the way. It just gives you reference point for where true north is. And according to that direction, as you follow the instruction, the map, what you'll find is that as you're following according to the compass and the direction, how it centers you, how it gives you a sense of, of, of location, as you follow, you begin to discover the way. And for some of us, we're looking for the Bible to give us Give me the whole plan. Give me the whole details. And what we fail to realize is that God is saying, I've called you to trust me. And as you trust my word and you follow what the word of God says, here's what begins to happen. You become enlightened to the person of Christ, to the power of his spirit, to the purposes and your calling, and you begin to walk in the fullness of what God created you for friend can I just give you a sound piece of advice that we've learned over the years trust God's word and follow it follow it well I don't know about this and I'm I'm I don't I'm not sure I believe that do what the word of God says and you'll find God starting to do things in your life that you never knew he'll show himself true to you yeah yeah The next thing I want to leave you with here is that success is spelled (laughs) Y-E-S. Success is spelled Y-E-S. Let me tell you where I'm coming from with this. As I look back over all the years, I'm amazed at the goodness of God, the hand of God. I'll tell you, we've never been in the red, never. Financially, we have never been in the red. We've had no church splits. We've experienced great favor with God and also with men. And we've been nothing but a blessing to people in this house and the community at large. And God continues to open doors. There's stuff brewing right now that I'm not going to touch on that I'm just like, okay, Lord, th- this is you and l- let's see where this goes. But oftentimes we think about success in this way. Let me, let me give you an idea of what I'm talking about. In the over 10 years that we're coming up upon, just in community events alone, like trunk or treat, summer, uh, summer bashes, uh, uh, Love Our City and partnership events and different things that we've done to be out in the community, to engage with people, to minister to people, to encourage people. We've served over 35,000 people in the last 10 years. Over 35,000 people. Over the last 10 years we've given over 180,000 in support of churches and community organizations and ministries. We've provided Christmas gifts for over 1,040 children and families. We've supplied for the cost of education, meals and school supplies for children in Central America. During the pandemic, some of you may remember this, we supported 15 restaurants. We adopted 15 restaurants that were threatened to go under. And we bought meals for them every week for that entire season, and we took those meals and we delivered them to people, serving over 1,000 people and helping businesses to continue to stay afloat. In addition to that, we've, we've invested over 300,000 volunteer hours in service to others, and we've grown from a congregation of 12 people to over 360 regular attenders on Sundays. Now, here's the thing. That sounds like success. But let me tell you that we don't see it that way. Our greatest success has been that we are comprised of people who have said, Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, Lord, to sacrifices. Yes, Lord. To excessive generosity, yes, Lord, to serving people, yes, Lord, to showing up, yes, Lord, to building the lives of people, yes, Lord, to encouraging one another, yes, Lord, to anything and everything that the Lord has called us to. You see, yes is the pinnacle of success, but it's yes, Lord, not yes, me. It's yes, Lord. That's the pinnacle. That's the height of life. That's the height of life. Just keep in mind that if you're not saying yes, Lord, you're also saying no, Lord. And you're also saying yes to something much less than God's best for your life. Let me show you this from scripture. Isaiah 119 says this, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. You shall eat the good of the land. See, all this success, as many people would look at it, comprises people like you and me who have said, yes, God. Every step of our journey from conception to this very present day has been made up of people taking consistent steps that say, yes, Lord. Yes to knowing him. Yes to obeying his ways. Yes to loving him. Yes to serving people. Yes to contributing to the church and people. And yes to maturing in their faith. Now I've heard it said, That where there is a will, help me finish that, there's a way. way. I don't know that I agree with it in those terms, but I will tell you what I do agree with. Where there's people who have a will that is aligned with God's, you will always find a way. You will always find a way, always. He will not fail you. He will not fail you. And so the next point that I want to share with you is that you don't know What faith is, until faith is all you have. Man, have we learned that lesson. Because every step that we've taken along the way has been one of faith. And I'm telling you that as we've taken steps of faith, we've also stumbled. It hasn't been picture perfect, but it has been a perfect work of God. It has been God's hand all over it. And so... We thought we knew what faith was before we started Church at the Bridge. See, my faith until that point had been mainly within the confines of what God was doing through others. And I was operating in faith, but it was contingent really upon what God was doing through others. But then there came the day where the Lord showed us, and I finally accepted, right? God, you're calling us to start this ministry, And let me tell you, it was the scariest thing we ever did. Scary because there was a lot of uncertainty associated with it. Scary because we gave gave up our incomes. Scary because we had no plan. (laughs) You guys are looking at me like I'm crazy. I know, I get it. I get it, it's crazy. Except that it's God. It's God. See, faith doesn't operate in comfort, friends. (laughs) It doesn't operate in comfort. God doesn't call us to comfort. He calls us to follow him. And that comes with some uncertainty at times. And so when we stepped out, we had no plan. You, some of you know the story. We had no financial cushion to su- of support as we began. We had no launch team to prepare with, and we had no idea what we were doing. But we had faith in Jesus, and we knew what he told us to do. And let me tell you something when you have faith in God, faith in God, for some of us, we're very familiar with faith for things, faith for outcomes. Not knocking that. But faith for outcomes bypasses faith in God. You got to chew on that. You got to really think about that. Go back and watch it on YouTube because I'm still processing that one. But my point is that faith is for God. And, and, and if it's not faith in God, then it is not faith. It is not. And it won't work. So we took this step. And, and a bedrock to this ministry and to our personal lives and the lives of many here has been a, a, a revelation that we received from the scripture. My, my wife and I were having this moment right after making this decision. It was January 1st, I believe, 2014. And she came down the stairs, and I was already at the counter, and I was reading my word. I happened to be reading the book of Genesis on the life of Abram. And she comes down, and she looks at me, and I look at her, and we had a very honest moment with each other. What did we just do? What did we just do? The kids are in college. We have a dog. We have a house. We have car payments. What did we just do? I'm just being honest with you. What did we just do? But God had prepared us for that. Because that morning, I was reading upon a moment where Abram has this encounter with God. And the context for it is that Abram had gone out to battle some enemies who had taken his wife and many peoples from the land in which he was living captive. And so he goes out with his men, and they have this miraculous outcome. This, they win this battle, and they come back with all these treasures, all these valuables. And as they're coming back, the king, who ruled over the land in which Abram had been allowed to live, says, just give me my people and take your people and take all the treasures, take all the spoils of the battle for you. And Abram does something crazy in that moment. He says, I will not even accept the strap of your sandal lest you can say that you increased me and it wasn't God. Now here's what's crazy. Here's what's crazy. Genesis 15:1 tells us what was actually happening in his heart. He understood this is a, this is a crazy faith moment. This doesn't make sense. Genesis 15:1 says that after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, do not be afraid. Let's pause right there for a moment. What does that tell us? Abram was afraid. It tells us that Abram was saying, did I just make the biggest mistake in my life? Did I just give up an opportunity that I may never have again? Did I just ruin our future, my home, and everything? Did I just... Mess this all up. Man, if I could just take that back. And God says to him, do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. Let me tell you, in that moment, I looked at my wife when she said, when we both said to each other, what did we just do? And I said, "Hun, we will not lack one thing. No bill will go unpaid. No college tuition will go unpaid. The dog is going to eat. You're going to eat. We're going to be fine. God is going to provide. Can I tell you, friend? We took a step of faith, and God opened doors, provided supernaturally, and here we stand today. Why? Because we are a people that understand that you don't know what faith is until faith in God is all you have. Yeah. Yeah. The next point I want to leave you with here is you can build a plane and fly it at the same time. Some of you are going, this guy is nuts, man. What kind of church is this? Oh, I get it. It sounds absurd. But track with me for a moment. See where I'm coming from. I've been known throughout the years to make this statement. We're going to build this plane while we fly it. We're going to build this plane, and we're going to fly it at the same time. And, and, And people go, huh? And I get it. In the natural, I know that sounds impossible. It is. But, friends, you can achieve flight when people hold the plane together. And throughout all these years, we've continued to advance and to excel and to be propelled forward and upward and outward because people like you, like me, like us, and the many more to come understand this. We don't have it all figured out, but we trust God. It may not all be crystal clear, but we trust God. Friend, can I encourage you? Hold your propeller. Hold that lug nut in place, right? Grab that tire. Pull that wing back in. Listen, we understand that we're not called to have it together. We understand that together we're supposed to follow Christ. I remember years ago, we first started. We had just come into the building September 5th of 2014 and a couple of months later was the winter months and we were here in this building and 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 for those of you that don't know there's about to be a whole bunch of renovation and stuff happening here and there's some other things that may potentially uh happen that god is just opening doors for so stay excited 2024 is a year for more for you for your family for the for for god's children for the body of christ so we're excited but Back then, I was standing back there by that VIP section, by that mirror, and, and I was observing worship, and we had one guy playing guitar, and he's singing his little heart out. And, and I'm back there, and I'm, and I'm just kind of like having a pity party moment. I'm going, God, what am I doing wrong? God, what, why aren't we growing? We're about 40, 45, 50 people. God, what, what am I doing wrong? How is it that all these other churches are growing? I'm being honest with you. I'm complaining to God. And in that moment, Scripture came to mind, rose up in my heart that I want to share with you, and then I'll give you some further context on this. Ephesians 4, 11 through 13 says this, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. And most people stop there and go, ooh. No, no. Here's where it's really important. For the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. That's the miracle moment. That's the creme de la creme. That's what's most important right there. Equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying. That means to build up of the body of Christ till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man that speaks of completeness, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ himself. What is the scripture teaching us here? What was God reminding me of? I didn't call you to grow a congregation. I called you to grow people. The Lord told us from the very beginning, build people. And what I realized in that moment, I'm getting outside of my lane and I'm stepping into yours, God. So let me get out of my little pity party, take my bib off, get rid of my pacifier, right? Toughen up, buttercup, right? Suck it up, cupcake, right? And get back to this. In that moment, as I was meditating on that, the Holy Spirit said to me, if all I gave you was these 50 people, would you do it? faithfully for the rest of your life. At that moment, I said, Lord, I understand my lane. And Lord, if that's all you ever call me to, it is enough. I'll do that. Well, let me tell you what happened in the midst of that. All of a sudden, leaders began to rise, groups began to grow, deacons began to show up, uh, uh, teams began to to, to take form and and leadership, and, and all these things began to prosper. Friends, why do I share that with you? Because We're not called to know how the plane will fly. We're called to hold our part. And as we do, the ministry of God takes flight and people begin to discover all that God has for them. Come on and give God some praise. Let me encourage you from a very practical level. Keep doing what God's word has instructed you to do. Keep doing what God's word has instructed you to do. Keep being faithful to play your part in the body of Christ. Keep moving forward. Keep holding your end. Because God gives you what you need to soar to new heights when you and I do our part. Amen? The last point I want to leave you with here is that your planting determines your potential. Your planting determines your potential. Man, I I just, I look back, hon. Come here. It's all right, it's all right. It's okay. Isn't she lovely? I love you more. I think back to what God started here that now is operating in all your lives. From the very beginning, we've never aspired to do anything but teach the word of God. To point people back to the Word of God. I can't tell you how many times I've had people say, Pastor, I need your advice. No, you don't. (laughs) No, you don't. What does the Word of God say? Amen. What does the Word of God say? Pastor, I need you to help me with with this decision. No, you don't. Pastor, I need your opinion. No, you don't. No, you don't. What does the Word of God say? And I've had those people that have gone, All right, I know. All right, what does the word of God say? But let me tell you why. Because when you are planted, when your foundation is rooted in the word of God, friend, you will prosper. Your life will be fruitful. You will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. You will rise to be the head and not the tail. You're growing confidence. You'll see daily miracles working through your life, not because of you, but because of the God in you. See, He's there, He's working. Sometimes we limit him because we choose to plant ourselves in places where we can't prosper. I'm reminded of one of our uh, lead ushers, Henry, who I remember when he first came. If you know anything about Pastor Jose, I've been around the block. So when people go, Oh, I'm believing this and I'm here, and I'm, I go, Praise God. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Not doubting people, just leadership takes time. Development takes time. But I remember something he said when he first started coming to this church from the Bronx. He says, pastor, I'm here. Whatever Jesus is doing, that's where I want to be. Whatever Jesus, wherever Jesus is going, that's where I want to go. And I know God's working here, so pastor, I'm here. You're stuck with me. Now, Henry's from the South Bronx, so I thought he, you know, like, I, I was questioning, like, oh, calm down, homeboy. <laughs> what was, shut up, bro. Like, I don't know. Get your hand out your pocket. <laughs> that's not true. That was, that, that's not true. But my point is, Henry, like many others here, like many of you, has been someone who said, I just want to be where Jesus is. And I want to go where Jesus goes. And you see, your planting will determine your potential. The potential of what God can do in you and through you. Let me show you this from scripture. John 15, 4 through 5 says this. These are the words of Jesus, not my opinion. He says, abide in me. Remain with me. Stay with me. Live here. Reside here. Abide in me and I and you. See, he's already there. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. I strongly believe that there's someone here, maybe you're online, and you need to hear this today. You need to be reminded of this, that you have not been called to play the position of the vine. Stop trying to produce what only God is anointed to do in your life. Stop trying to make your own way. Stop trying to help God. He doesn't need your help. All he needs is for you and I to remain connected, remain planted. So he says, I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears, say that with me, much fruit. Much fruit. But here's the point that we have to let hit home. For without me, you can do nothing. Without me, he says, you. You can do nothing. Oh, you may be doing some really cool stuff. You may be seeing some great things in your life, but in the grand scheme of things, here's what it equals. Nothing. If it's without me, it's nothing. If it's without me, it'll lead to nothing. If it's without me, it'll leave you with a hole in your heart. Because what you have is nothing. Nothing. As we stand here and we come to a close. I want to encourage you. To plant yourself. In a relationship with God. I want to encourage you. To do like roots and hold on for dear life. Upon the foundation that is Christ Jesus in your life. I want to encourage you. To hold on. And don't let go. Because like a tree that is planted by streams of living waters, if you will hold on in due season, you will bear much fruit. Fruit that will last. Fruit that will remain. Fruit that will reproduce for the remainder of your life. As we end 2023 and we step into 2024, we believe in this house that 2024, and this isn't cliche, we do believe that 2024 is a year of more. We believe that 2024 is a year where God is opening doors. He has opened doors, but it's now time to walk through those doors. My friend, I am telling you, without Christ, it's not possible. We're excited about the next 10 years and beyond. But at the end of the day, this is all about Jesus. And Jesus just wants you to know that he loves you. that He has plans for you. That he's divine. And that as a branch, you get to enjoy all the supply of his person, of his power, of his goodness blessing. Let's take a moment to talk to God. Hey everybody, thank you so much for joining us here at Church of the Bridge today. I pray that you had a personal encounter with God, that He spoke to you powerfully, and that He met you at your place of need with this message. I also want to encourage you to go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube page. By doing so, you'll be able to check out past messages, Uh, past events that we've done, you'll also be able to see what's happening now and those things that are to come. And lastly, I'd like to invite you to join with us in all that God is doing with your giving. Feel free to do so on our website. Again, thank you again for joining us, and I can't wait to connect with you next week.